Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Stevie. And I'm Sam. The score currently stands at 1110 to Digimon and this time we are watching episode 22. Forget about it. And Abra and the Psychic Showdown. We have administration, the main thing being that I turned Numemon into the Digidestined. You did after last episode, or was it the episode before? I think it was after episode 20. So basically, those were pretty popular. <laughs> On Reddit, it became more upvoted than the Digimon Try Chapter 2 discussion, which has been there for several months. If you haven't seen them, you can probably just Google... Digidestined and Numamon. They just turn up in Google Image Search. Who searched Digidestined Numamon? They're like the seventh image, and they are fantastic. Steve did a really good job with them. The one with Ty is my logo on Slack chat because it's amazing. <laughs> it took me several hours to make them. I put in way too much time. That's the reason episode 20 was late. They are amazing. If you haven't seen them, honestly, give them a Google. They're quite interesting to look at, and I am quite proud of Steve for them. They're brilliant. I'm really glad I made them, and I'll probably make more in future. You need to do the O2 Kids as Sukumon. Ah, oh, but I think keeping it as Numemon throughout would be better. Are you going to do all of the protagonists as Numemon then? Yeah, I think every season. I'll do it as we reach each season, though, so I don't just do them all at once. I want to space them out. Also, Numemat is still just really cool. Just look at his hair. He's just awesome. He, he does look pretty cool, although he does look like an edgelord. But Matt is an edgelord. Actually, no. Joe looks more like an edgelord. Joe's glasses are really good. They <laughs> just sort of hover in front of his eyes. I've just realised you've changed the sizes of the Numamon. They've got to have the right height levels in comparison to each other. That's great. Also, all of them have the right crests in the tags. That's so good. Because I went to that level of detail for some reason. <laughs> oh, and Numamimi's hair sort of looks like a moustache. Other stuff on Twitter. That's Connor with an O said, I wanted Digimon to gain the lead, but not like this. Not like this. Yeah, Digimon has taken the lead. Yes, it has. For how long, though, we're not sure. We'll have to see where it goes. There's still plenty time for it to go back and forth between both of them. Be interesting to see who's winning at the halfway point. Because at the moment, it could go either way. I wonder if we're going to get uproar at the end of the series, if there's a clear winner. Any more administration? May, from Lost in Translation Man, quoted me from episode 21, where I said, Venomoth is disgusting. They said that them's are fighting words. <laughs> they are, because Venomoth's amazing, magnificent, and beautiful. No, no, I need to clarify here. I did say Venomoth is disgusting in comparison to Butterfree. Even then, I think I think Venomoth's better. Well, that's just opinions. Yeah, it is. It's a good opinion. I think that everything's disgusting in comparison to Butterfree. <laughs> everything's disgusting. I can imagine there's like a park full of kids playing and they're all really happy and you're just there. Like you're stood by a fence. You've got like a picture of Butterfree. You look at it. And then you lower it and see the kids and you're like, disgusting. It's like a really old church in a village and like a couple's coming out on their wedding day throwing confetti and you're at the bottom of the church garden with a picture of Butterfree. You lower it and look at the wedding. Disgusting. I was in a bad place and I may have said some things I didn't really mean. Were you a bit bitter and salty because of the, uh, the Butterfree going bye-bye? I don't want to go back there. You don't want to talk about it? It's the time of my life I don't want to experience again. Okay, and we got a tweet from... Joe at Lonely Distance on Twitter about half an hour ago when I said, we're about to record, send us messages. They say, y'all rock. I say, you all rock. So we are made of rocks, apparently, which is good. No, I think he means we're really good at what we're doing. Well, thank you, because it's fun. I really do enjoy doing this. It is fun. Oh, we should also mention about the new schedule and stuff as well, whilst we're here. Yes, we're going back to two episodes a week. So basically, there was a convention in Worcester, and it was the first Comic-Con that they've ever done, and we bought a table, me and my partner bought a table, and we've spent the last couple of weeks working our little buns off, sorting out artwork and cutting out things to stick in keychains and stuff, and it was a lot of work, and it was really tiring, and it's done, and it was really good, it was fantastic, the day went really well. So now I have slightly more free time than I did before. So we're going to go back to releasing two days a week, yes. We've been either sidetracked or delayed for, for different reasons in the past couple of weeks. 
usually me being slow with editing. Sometimes it's you editing. Sometimes it's me not being able to record on a, on a day that gives you enough time to record. I mean, to edit and upload. Because you edit your side, which takes a lot more time than mine. Then you send it to me and I finalize it and upload it. So there are places where we can stumble if one of us is busy. So we've spoken about it and we've got a timetable set. So now we have specific times and dates we record and upload and get everything sorted. So we should have a better release schedule. So we're going to have episodes on Tuesday and Saturday. Feedback episodes are going to be on the Saturday now. We know what we're doing. And then the other one was show notes. Yes. Stevie has done because I don't know how to internet. All I've done is like listen through the episodes to find when segments start. So those times are in the notes. There's also the names of the episodes. And now we've got links to all of the all of our stuff scattered across the internet. That's basically what I'm going to be putting in every episode. We both had productive weekends. So yes, all of our previous episodes now have show notes and all of our future episodes will have them too whenever I get round to adding them each time. And I think that's everything. Yay, administration! The first episode we are watching this time is Forget About It. Tyus returned to the digital world, and no sooner did they arrive when his Digivice somehow learns to track other Digivices. They both set off to find whatever the signal is. Soon, they stumble across Tokomon, who tells them about the last few weeks of events, and how everyone has split up in search of Ty, and how he has fallen out of favour with TK, because he has befriended Impmon. They go and find TK at a theme park, where he has been spending his time going on rides with Vmon. TK explains to them how he has been abandoned by everyone because he is weak and found a new friend in the Digimon Emperor, who is off secretly picking mushrooms of forgetfulness to help trick TK into forgetting about Tokemon. As the kids prepare to eat the mushrooms, Agumon slips away to use the bathroom when a mysterious Sora tells him the mushrooms cause amnesia. Agumon rushes back to warn the kids and to confront Jeremy Sarugi causing Patamon to evolve and scare him away. As the kids set off to find the rest of their friends, Piedmon is apologising to a mysterious shadow for letting the Crest of Hope regain its light. Do you get it? Do you get the joke? Because Derek Stephen Prince voices so many Digimon characters. So many. I think you should refer to him as De- Demi Demimon at least once. We can mention it here that it's Demi Demimon. They're all Demi Demimon. Yeah, he does a lot of characters. The second I heard him, he sounds so much like Impmon, though. Yeah, it's just Impmon. Except he doesn't say bada-boom at the end of everything. He just says forget about it. No, he doesn't. At no point does he actually say forget about it. I thought it would be his his catchphrase, but it's not. It's it's talking about the mushrooms. (laughs) That's not his catchphrase. He doesn't have a catchphrase. So, first thing I noticed about this episode is the Digivice has somehow got a tracking system. It's never been used before, never been mentioned before. How do they know that it's tracking a Digivice? They don't. They just have a beep. What if it's like the new Big Bad, or it's something that has taken the kids, or it's something evil? They have no idea that it is. They just go, oh, it's the Digivices. Let's go and see which one this is. Well, the Digivices do everything. They've been communicators before. They might as well be sat-nav as well. So they purify evil. You can talk through them. They are a clock and also a tracking system. They might as well be mobile phones. Basically, yeah. I wish my Tamagotchas did that. I wish my mobile phone purified evil. I'm sure there's an app for it. But anyway, after that, when they run into Tokemon, there's a recap of everything that's taken place since Ty left because of Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey. Because it's been several weeks, I think, Tokemon says, since Ty left, even though he's only been gone maybe half a day. Yeah, Ty was only gone for like five hours, maybe. Which is good. I mean, it's, it, I'm glad that they found someone who essentially gave them all of the setup for this arc. Yeah, I'm so glad it's Tokemon narrating everything. Is that Tokemon's normal voice, though? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. I found the voice a bit grating. It's really high-pitched. It sounds almost forced. I'm not sure if it's the same as in the first episode, because that was ages ago, but it was definitely that, like, when Poyomon first digivolved into Tokemon. It just sounds fairly grating to me. I've said before that Patamon's voice is, is grating, but I'm going to skip to it right now. I'm so glad Patamon's back. Patamon is the best. Patamon came back, and I think Patamon is amazing. Patamon is great. It's a little, little wing pig bean. I have two Patamon plush on my desk right now. I've got a McDonald's toy and a big plush, and the big plush is great. I'm just hugging my Patamon now. Tokemon and Patamon are really cute, and I like that it was Tokemon that summed up all of the events that have taken place since Ty left. Because it, it sets up the plot for the next arc, that everybody's gone away to search for Ty or just need some space or something, and obviously the next thing is, you know, where, what are they doing at the moment? Where have all these people gone? We don't know where they are or what they're doing, so it means that we've got episodes in the future where we're going to find out where they are and whatever they're doing and what obstacles they have to overcome so at the moment we know that 
TK is in a theme park with Derek Stephen Prince. Sora is being an anonymous, floaty, mysterious, echoey voice. She's just become even more of a background character. She has. She has become the background. She's like, I'm just going to pretend I don't exist. Actually, the bit where they're talking when she's talking to Agumon, because of the sound effect of the echo, it sounds like she's in the bathroom. (laughs) Because there's a shot where he's just stood outside the bathroom. And it just sounds like Sora's in there just calling to him. It sounds more like she's speaking to him from the afterlife. Sora's died. <laughs> she may as well have, honestly. This arc, I wouldn't say it's really bad for her, but she's literally a background character. She has bits in every episode, but tiny little bits. In the shadows. Okay, so when they meet Tokomon, Argumon says that, did Tokomon get attacked by a Black Gear Digimon? But the Black Gears were destroyed and also on another continent. So why would that be his first response? Well, I don't know. The last Black Gear we saw was Waymon. So I don't know, maybe there's still some lying around. I don't know why they'd be on server though. Maybe, but is that the first place you're going to go to? That, oh, maybe that thing that we fought when we first got here, which is on a completely different continent. Maybe that's what attacked Tokomon. It's just easier to say than a follower of Etamon. Could have just said, are you okay? What attacked you? That's a good idea. I also don't get why Tokomon looks really beat up. Because he's sad. Ah. He's so deflated. He's really sad. He can't deal with it and just flop to the side in defiance. Aww. Tokemon's amazing. Sad Tokemon makes me sad because it's so adorable and I don't want it to cry. Tokemon upsets me. Tokemon and Patamon and TK are the children and they should not be hurt. They are jelly beans and they need to be protected at all costs. Don't hurt my babies. So this annoys me. It's when Sora and Biomon leave. They say, will TK be upset? And then Sora says, he'll be safer here. And I'm like, what, in the middle of the desert? They're just in the middle of this harsh, open wasteland. And Sora's like, oh, he'll be safer here. I don't think he will be. It's a desert. Oh, Dubrighters. Well, he'll be safer here with all of the other people. But then TK even says, um, when you're lost, you're supposed to stay together. And I'm like, why is the tiny child the only one that's making any sense at the moment? all disappearing for their own reasons but i'm like you don't have to go anywhere they're looking for ty they have no idea where he's gone they could do it together they have digimon that can fly bergamon cabotamon and then you still got kagurumon who can run really fast Tokemon is Tokemon. ikakumon is also not very fast but you know they can go with them they could easily split up go in different directions and like walk for like maybe a day or two then turn around and come back but no they've all got to go and be separate so that plot can happen to be fair if you're in a group and matt had been left in charge i think you might want to get out of there as well (laughs) okay yeah i can see that matt is kind of dumb in this one he just abandons tk for no reason he's like oh i need to go and make sure it's safe or something i'm like we could take him with you there's no reason why he should just be left here he's gonna scout the area or something he just does it in a pedalo and gabimon looks really funny when he's pedaling it and then he never comes back he left the tiny child and an in-training Digimon by themselves. Tokemon can protect TK. Literally the weakest two of anybody. Like, of the, of the entire team. They are also the smallest target, so... Yeah, but that doesn't really matter if you can shoot lasers. Like, literally a rookie Digimon will give them a run for their money. It's just, it's so irresponsible of, of Matt. Especially Matt, it's his own brother, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna go and have a look for Ty or whatever, I don't care, I'm gonna go do something else. Just stay here at this theme park where there is nobody whatsoever. Is there food here? I don't know. <laughs> Just stay here. I'll be back soon. Well, he was planning to be back in a few hours. He was. But, you know, maybe take TK with you. There was no reason why you had to leave him there. He can't fit four people in one pedalo. They're tiny. They're literally the tiniest ones. There's no reason why Matt needed to leave his brother there, except the fact that Matt is a jerk. Did Matt go out on the ocean in this pedalo, or was it a lake that he just crossed? I feel like it's a giant lake. He's, like, on the other side of the lake. (laughs) He's not that far away. No, there was no reason like to leave TK there by himself other than plot. I don't mind that much. Getting rid of Matt, fine by me. I can have an episode without Matt. All he does is usually bad jokes anyway. So then after that, we learn about Demi Devimon, who is obviously voiced by Itmon, Ken, Vimon, etc. And I love Darkseid from Prince's voice acting. He's really good. He's really cool. He's got one of the more memorable voices. Yeah, definitely. And he's got a pretty good range. Especially if you listen to, say, maybe Vimon and then Ken. Or maybe Impmon and then Ken. He's fulfilled a lot of roles. He's got some big parts. I think he's the person who's got the big parts in many of the different seasons. Yeah, so he explains to TK that he went and found Matt 
and Matt doesn't want anything to do with him. And my problem with this arc entirely is the fact that this little devil blob manages to convince all the kids that these things that he's saying are true. And personally, they shouldn't believe him. They've literally just met and Tokemon is saying, you know, I don't trust him. I don't believe him. If it was me and I had made a digital companion who has helped me save the world twice and we're by ourselves somewhere and, you know, this little new blob, which looks evil... You know, let's not judge, but he does look evil. Says to me, I've met you, brother. There's no evidence to his claim. And that his brother doesn't want anything to do with him anymore. I would say that, oh, I don't believe you. We've been in situations where Digimon have tricked humans before. I'm pretty sure there are Digimon who have used illusions and stuff to to trick the Digidestined. The kids are very, very gullible. I suppose especially TK, because he's young. Yeah, TK is just the most naive of all of them. Just think back to Pagumon and how easily all of them were won over by them. But they didn't seem too evil. They were grey and had evil eyes. They looked a bit evil, but they weren't lying to their face about something. They haven't got a skull on the forehead. I was going to say that there is a family trait in this episode that Matt and TK both share. They have run animations that are repetitive. Where they're running away somewhere, and then it's again but faster, and then again but even faster. Did they really do that with TK? Yeah, running away from Tokomon. It's the exact same style of animation that's in the one with Matt. Sub-Zero Ice Punch. That's the one, that's the one. He's running from left to right, does it the first time, is it the second time it's the same shot but faster, third time it's the same shot but even faster. So they're definitely brothers, they share the same animation errors. It's not an error, it's totally intentional, it's just really bad. And then I've got four or five points which all come to one conclusion, so I'll just say them in order. So I start off by saying, you know, where does all this come from? TK literally saw his friend turn into an angel to save his life and then die and become a ghost blob and it breaks TK's heart. They should have been bonded for life, but somehow a tiny ball who's literally a demon turns up and suddenly TK believes him over Tokemon. And there's so many times where a Digimon has lied to them or being mistrustful. So maybe take a bit of caution when a Digimon tells you something you can't prove. And then I said that the reunion scene, because this is the scene where Ty and TK meet up again and TK gives Ty a hug and then says to Tokemon, are you ready to apologise to Demi Devimon? And they have that bit of an argument. And after that, I said that actually... TK's just kind of explained how he's hurt because everyone seems to have left him behind and it makes him think that maybe he thinks that he's just not good enough and it kind of makes sense now why he would maybe have that bit of a a lash out at Tokomon because I'm not saying it's a thing that everybody does but when you're hurt sometimes you do unexpectedly lash out at people who you care about so I see him having all this pent up frustration that everybody he cares about has has just gone and left him alone thinking that oh he can stay with everybody else Sora does at first saying he should stay with everybody else it's safer and then Joe goes you know he should stay with everybody else because it's safer easy goes and Mimi goes he's left with his brother and then even his brother says you know you should stay here it's safer I'll go and find everybody else so he's in on each and every each and every time someone's left it's been him who's been left behind he's never left himself so he's got all of this frustration of people don't think I'm strong enough or able to look after myself and I've just been left here and abandoned here so I'm going to get angry at my friend who's the other one left because he'll he'll probably leave at some point too because I'm just not good enough and he meets this other Digimon who makes him feel better saying you know okay your brother doesn't like you anymore and he believes him because he himself thinks a little bit that you know maybe my brother doesn't like me that's why he left me here and that's why he hasn't come back he doesn't care about me actually he's just saying that to not hurt my feelings and then this little blob ball is nice to him and he's thinking okay maybe he's a nice person maybe he's going to be nice to me and then Tokemon's got all this negativity and suddenly he turns on Tokemon saying you know why are you being negative are you going to run away next but he doesn't say that but in his head he's thinking oh maybe you're going to turn away next that's okay I've got this other person who's actually being nice to me where no one else is being nice to me so yeah I feel like TK has got a lot of internal monologue happening and a lot of reasons behind why he is like he is so my earlier statement I didn't want to just not say it because that's not how I feel now where I think that it makes no sense I think it does make sense now but I didn't want to just not say it because it's a plot point that I had when I wrote it down when I was watching the episode he's still a bit gullible yeah he is a child still but I also feel like he's willing to accept negativity a lot more because he's got a lot of negative feelings at the moment he's not in a good state of mind feels very inadequate and rejected by everyone you can talk now because i just waffled i'm gonna have a quick sip of water okay i really liked the scene where ty and tk reunite because tk approaches ty and is like yes you're alive will you be my brother please because matt's left me to be fair though if your brother was matt you'd be like 
maybe not. Can you be my brother, please? I don't like the one I have. It's well just like TK's feeling very abandoned. It's just like, I want anyone to be tied down so they have to stay with me. Mm, if he says that, I'll, will you be my brother? Then if he says yes, like, okay, we'll brothers stick together. So he definitely won't leave. And that sort of logic is very childish. Just like, oh, I'll get this one to be my brother. Because then... I won't be alone anymore. And there's no other character in the series right now that's like TK and has that childish way of behaving. He's very simple as a character because he's so young and hasn't developed very much as a person. He's young, but he also comes out with some profound things. Like when he said that, you know, we should all stick together. You know, he's the one who makes sense at that time. Everybody else has got these reasons and these feelings that they have to explore and they have to all go away and do this thing. While TK's like, why don't we just do it together? It'd be better if we did it all together instead of all separating because they would all be alone. Yeah, and he was the one that initiated them going to server in the first place as well. Oh yeah, he did. He said, I'm going. Because Anjuman would go. That's what Anjuman would do. And then everyone else was just like, okay, you're right, we should go. So sometimes TK does have the right idea and is just kind of ignored because he's so young and everyone's just like ah oh, he's just a child he doesn't know it's very demeaning just like knowing that you have the right idea but everyone's ignoring you anyway and there's nothing you can really do about it there's a lot about tk's character that really makes sense he's a good character and his episodes seem to be good as well because of that i do think tk's one of the best characters of the season but tk's just a child and that's that's really interesting because you you don't get many children or like properly really young children in shows and if you do they seem to be a goofy idiot and tk doesn't seem like a goofy idiot he does childish things at times like he cries a fair amount but that's because he is a child he's got a good head on him hidden under that hat i was gonna say i don't think he'd be fooled easily but he literally got fooled easily in this episode yeah he's still a bit gullible <laughs> but i think that was just because plot had to happen this episode something confuses me with demi devimon because at one point he's talking to the kids and he's not flapping his wings but he's floating so does he need to flap his wings or is that just a habit that he has how am i supposed to possibly know that because you're supposed to answer all of the questions that i don't have answers to he was just gliding on a very low air current or maybe because he wasn't moving at the time maybe he needs to flap his wings to move but he can float where he is <laughs> because that makes sense i mean we've seen patamon and Beobon flapping to fly they can't just float but they're different digimon they have different physics <laughs> because demi devimon's a bat he can just float yes he can i think that was probably just an oversight are we going to talk about ty's french accent or shall we skip over it because it is atrocious oh yeah he does like speak french at one point i can't remember what he says he says a long long list of things while he's cooking these forgetfulness mushrooms they are mushrooms of forgetfulness yeah my mistake did you forget what they were called who eats just mushrooms buttered mushrooms are delicious but just mushrooms okay what else are they gonna do then they haven't got anything else to eat tokemon's been grabbing fruit all the time and tugging it around on a leaf looking adorable it's really cute and then it's just vicious with its teeth Okay, so when Agumon is confronting Demi Devimon, TK believes him in a heartbeat, but what's the difference between Agumon saying it and Tokemon saying it? Agumon has evidence that Demi Devimon's lying because he won't eat the mushrooms. Oh yeah, I suppose. Also plot. Dinosaurs are just more trustworthy than small pink blobs, even if you're better friends with the small pink blob. Always trust a dinosaur. There's a lot of dumb back and forth between TK trusting things for no reason. But then... Tokemon Digivolves to Patamon. He does, yep. Yeah, Patamon comes back, which is really good because Patamon's the best. Patamon's always been the best. Except when they fight because for some reason Demi Devimon's attacks seem to be picking up Patamon, who can fly, and dropping him. Throughout that fight, there's a whole lot of, they could be flying right now. The second he lets him go, Patamon should just stop flying and be like, no, that's not happening. But no, he just seems to fall along the theme park's track. That's dumb. But then he starts boom bubbling and it's great because he just launches Demi Devimon. And then after that, Patamon jumps into TK's arms and I noticed there's a lot of jumping into people's arms this episode. When else was that jumping into arms? TK jumps into Ty's arms. Tokemon jumps into TK's arms, I think. Okay, there's like three occasions where people jump into people's arms, but still, that's a lot in one episode. It's enough for it to be a trend. Do you have anything else? Because I'm I'm done with it now. At the end of the episode, we get a silhouette of the new big bad. Oh yeah, we do, we do. Whoever this edgelord is. We have no idea who this new big bad is. No, no we do not. We do, but we have, we've watched it before. But if you didn't watch it before, you'd just be like, ooh, who's this guy? You'd be like, brace yourself for disappointment. Unless you like him. 
he's such a drama queen, let's be honest. Myotis Mon is a massive drama queen. Who's Myotis Mon? What was your favourite thing in this episode, Stevie? My favourite thing is, of course, Tokemon and Patamon. They are the same Digimon. But they're just really cute, and they make me sad when they're sad, and they make me happy when they're happy. They give me feelings. Cool. Mine is Demi Devimon, because he's a little wind-up merchant. It's cool to have an enemy who doesn't win with power, because in the, like, in the last arc we had Etamon, who could destroy the kids in a heartbeat, who they could not overpower until the very end. It's nice to see a Digimon who uses sneaky tactics and is a bit distrustful and, and it uses its wits. It's very manipulative. That's the one I'm after. It likes to manipulate people to... Basically, I think his plan is to render the crests useless. He made TK lose hope, so the crest of hope didn't work, but then he got it back and Patamon evolved. So I think that's his plan. It did seem a bit out of the blue, TK's crest glowing. Maybe he got hope back because Ty's back and, and, and Patamon evolved. Togemon evolved. But it was still just very random. It was just like, Demi, Devimon's a liar. I'm so sorry, Togemon. We're friends again now. Oh, my crest is glowing. Overall thoughts? I thought it was a good episode and me i've mentioned a couple times before how pokemon has this weird pacing issue and like the first half of the episode there's very little and then the second half has more sufficient things but they have like it all mashed into the very second half of the episode and it's all a bit weird but digimon showed us where you can have a very little content because very little happens in this episode all that really happens is ty comes back finds tokemon finds tk almost eats mushrooms fires away a little devil ball that's it that's pretty much all that happens but it's nicely stretched out and it's got nice little plot beats to it and it's really nice and it's a smaller story about two people who have fallen out and one's been manipulated by this little person and how there's a reason to why this person's been acting the way that they act at the moment which is because they feel completely left out and abandoned by everybody and i thought it was a good episode yeah i thought it was a really good episode i also like how it ends with this tiny little hint at the new villain sneak peek your thoughts it seems that the episodes that have focused on tk are good episodes in general because we've only had two of them so far and they've both been good. I guess it's because they can't do what they do with most episodes where it's just evolve and then fight the new villain of the day. They have to do different things with him and they do really good things. Like this episode's more about friendship and how someone can be manipulated when they're in a vulnerable state, which you don't really get in the other episodes with everybody else. I'm pretty sure for most of the characters, a lot of it's a thing happens, they can't evolve, then they resolve their issue and then they evolve and they defeat the thing. It was still a bit to that pattern of they have an issue, they resolve the issue, then they digivolve, because that's exactly what happens. Okay, yeah, it, it is literally exactly what happens. But it's TK and Patamon, and I like TK and Patamon, so that makes it better. And it is the first time it, it's happened in this series. It's going to keep happening for the rest of this arc, which probably will be a bit annoying. But for the first time it's been done, it was good. It's still a bit plot holy because TK really should trust Tokemon more than Demi Devimon. I think I can justify it if I add on all of that emotional baggage that TK's got, but if you don't add that on, it does seem like such a mood swing. Yeah, it does seem like a bit of an excuse. I can sort of justify it in this episode. The next episode of Digimon, I cannot justify it for. I have feelings about the next episode. But we'll talk about that when we're onto it. We shall. We shall talk about Pokemon now, though. The second episode we are watching is Abra and the Psychic Showdown. Ash and Co. are lost in the woods and have a run-in with a creepy little girl that leads them to Saffron City. When they arrive, they're greeted by two hula girls that sound uncannily like Jesse and James, that say that they've won a prize for being the millionth guests to enter the city, but trick them into a cell with no way out and take Pikachu. Fortunately, the creepy little girl helps them escape with some teleportation powers, takes them right to Sabrina's psychic gym. The creepy little girl is actually Sabrina's doll, and Ash challenges Sabrina to a gym battle, but Sabrina's Abra evolves to Kadabra mid-battle and wipes the floor and ceiling with Pikachu. Sabrina takes Ash and Co. captive in her dollhouse by shrinking them down, and only with the help of a mysterious psychic man are they able to escape. After Ash proves his determination to the man, he tells him that he's going to need a ghost Pokemon from Lavender Town in order to beat Sabrina. This was an episode. Definitely was. You can start if you want. I'm going to start off by saying I actually really like this episode. Okay. It was pretty creepy. Yeah, the opening's really weird. A super creepy opening with a doll on a chair with glowing eyes. 
and the music's all spoopy and creepy and they're lost again in a forest with lots of fog. The gang are fighting and then this nightmare girl is appearing. Right, I have a massive fear of creepy girls that creep me out. Like The Ring and The Grudge and stuff, films like that creep me out. Creepy girlophobia. Well, it's creepy children, if anything. Creepy children scare me. So there's a little mysterious girl with a ball, and it's like, just, just avoid it. Just avoid Don't Don't go and talk to the girl. And then Ash chases the girl, and then the girl lures Ash to his death. Almost. Yeah, and there was a good use of Bulbasaur there, though. Yeah, he's like falling from a cliff and just thinks, oh, I'll get Bulbasaur. If he didn't have Bulbasaur, Ash would have died. It's basically if he wasn't a Pokemon trainer, he would have died. It's good to see Ash thinking on his feet for once. Usually he's really slow and dumb. Yeah, he can just switch on Pokemon trainer mode, where he goes from just being this idiot to someone who couldn't think about tactics. And Yeah, the survival instinct kicked in as he was falling from a cliff. It's really quick response time yeah yeah and I'm, I'm glad he knew which pokeball had bulbasaur as well i can imagine if i was in the pokemon world i'd get mixed up with which pokeball on my belt has which pokemon that's the first time we've seen bulbasaur in a while yeah i think he's getting the butterfree treatment where he's now only going to be used in plot points and you just don't get to see him being himself enjoying a, a meal or anything i think that's the difference in pokemon they're basically like tools used to do whatever you need to do and in, in digimon they're more like friends and companions yeah you can't stuff a digimon into a digiball and just have it off screen forever anyway hula girls hula girls honestly it is probably the most convincing team rocket disguise yet i know i i was like that sounds like team rocket yeah i I thought it was like the voice actors i thought they were just using the voice actors to save budget the disguise is super convincing yeah I i was actually convinced a little bit this time which was quite good it wasn't until they actually revealed themselves that I've worked out it was them. I like how there's hula girls, though, in the in Saffron City, which is in the Kanto region. It's probably the most central city in the entire Kanto region. It's quite far away from any water. I don't know why that would help, but I imagine hula girls around a beach, maybe not in a city. But whatever. I have more questions, like warp tile. Jesse just casually mentions a warp tile. They're a thing. They definitely are in the games. Wouldn't it be easier to warp tile to different towns instead of walking it's very short range probably <laughs> maybe at least they've never been used for like travel between towns in the games so they're probably the same pokeballs do it pokeballs do it but they're a lot smaller and less complicated than a living organism warp tile is a reference to the games i think because that's what sabrina's gym has oh okay as you fight so you have to warp to different rooms she's got like her gym has got t- almost like chambers and you step on a warp tile there's like three warp tiles in a room and each one leads to a different chamber with three different warp tiles you can step onto and it's basically like a maze like that and then the motto happens and they're just ignoring it and there's like i'm pretty sure team rocket did some editing to this motto and made it look really pretty and it's just great how they put so much effort into the motto and then there's the gang are there drinking tea ignoring it yeah, Brock's probably just pulled out of his magic bag. Just an entire short short table. A katatsu or something? I think that's the word for it. All I know is that I want one in my house. I only vaguely remember that because of Minami K. Katatsu is just like a table with a blanket coming from it. So you can sit under a blanket while you're eating. So yeah, they're sat around a table drinking tea. And I think it's great how the motto is in most episodes. I think it's in every episode. But it's not got boring because it's never the same thing. They keep it fresh and they try new things and they, uh, like in this one, they just make a joke about it and ignore it because they're so used to it. Yeah, it's great. And they've not blasted off much either yet. No, no. Even when they blast off though, they don't always blast off up into the sky. Like in the last one, they fell down that hole. I think eventually it's going to be just always blasting off into the sky as they run out of new things. I think so. I'm pretty sure further down the line, they just get bored of it and they blast off regular. That is the future and we don't know yet. And then a girl appears again and she creeps me out because creepy girl's creepy. I'm glad she was creepy. I'm not entirely sure what her deal is, though. I think that's really cool, though. There's tons of mystery surrounding Sabrina right now. Okay, I suppose that's quite good. It means that I'm actually looking forward to the next couple episodes that have her in, because I want to know what her deal is. She's a psychopath, apparently. She's a psychic path. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that after. Yeah, they get teleported out of the trap. And out of nowhere, this guy just comes running up to them. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go to that gym, it's awful. Then they go straight to the gym. Which is another really empty building. Apart from the water one, which was an aquarium, all the other gyms seem to be big, empty rooms. Brock's and Lieutenant Surge's were just two big, open, empty spaces in the dark. <laughs> just waiting for people to walk in. This one has like a long hallway, and then a side room, 
with tons of people trying to replicate that scene in the Matrix where they bend a spoon with their mind. <laughs> and also Gary Oakes there. Is he? The guy with the face mask on looks so much like Gary, but with longer hair. He's also wearing a purple shirt, which is what Gary wears. I don't think it is Gary. It's not him, but he looks so much like him. Gary clone. Maybe it's Gary's dad. Maybe it's Gary from the future and Sabrina used her psychic to pull him back through time. Because that's what telekinesis can do. Telekinesis can do everything. So we meet Sabrina and Sabrina is really intimidating. Yeah, there's like the big reveal that this little creepy girl is actually just a doll, which I thought was really cool. Like she's manipulating the doll to talk for her. Does she actually say anything herself? A little bit, yeah, a little bit, but very, very little. Like, this is what I think is great about Sabrina. Brock was kind of intimidating, but that's because he's the first one. Misty, not so much, but the sisters, like having three people that you can go up against would be quite intimidating. But after that, you have Serge, who is a huge man, and he's kind of loud and boisterous. So he seems quite intimidating like that. But then you go to the next person, who is apparently Sabrina, and... She's quiet. She's just not. She's just a regular sized girl. Says very little. But what she says is all calculated. And she says exactly what she needs to say to get her point across. She doesn't boast or brag about anything. She says pretty factual things. And I think that's really creepy just to have this person who's got this stare on her and just says very, very small amounts of things. It's great. Sabrina's great. Yeah, I really like Sabrina. I think she's my favourite one so far. She's so creepy. It's awesome. Then we meet Abra. I'm not sure what animal Abra is supposed to be based on i don't know if it's based on an animal i don't think it is because it's very humanoid and it sleeps at first i thought it said 80 hours a day and i was like no it must have said 80 with the power of telekinesis though you can sleep for 80 hours a day it doesn't do time travel it just does teleportation and shrinking and making bigger and mind control it does a lot of things (laughs) abra is asleep during the fight yeah, until Sabrina pulls her little cheat trump card, which is just Abra Evolve Now. I know, that was so ridiculous. It's such a cheat move. But she can't possibly do that every battle. No, no, no. It was just, I don't know, it just, it doesn't make sense. Unless she, like, farms Abra, gets them to the level before they evolve, and then puts them in the arena. And then Pikachu uses Thunder Dragon or something? I'm not sure what move this is, but he just creates a vortex in the sky, which is not a Pokemon move. And then Kadabra uses it against him, but it turns into a Thunder Dragon. It was probably using Thunderbolt. I don't think you ever see this sort of move again. Ash was just sort of very vague. Filled the entire arena with electricity. She was like, okay, what move's that? It's some sort of electric move, but then the Abra or Kadabra or whatever just sends it straight back at Pikachu. So Ash forfeits the match, and then they get shrunk and then brock says that he must have shrunk us with telekinesis telekinesis means moving things with your mind tele meaning distance kinesis means movement telekinesis does not mean teleportation shrinking people down why why this and then sabrina tries to kill them who is this person are there no laws here he can just shrink people down and then kill them where are the police it was okay up until now and the psychic powers were kind of cool or she floats with the psychic powers that's kind of interesting but you can't shrink people down can't shrink them down into a tiny size and then try and murder them it doesn't make sense I don't know if Pokemon's legal system has the depth of you are not allowed to shrink people down and play with them in a dollhouse. Like, it's still abduction or kidnapping. That's still illegal, at least. Well, it seems like superpowers, that like psychic powers are pretty much superpowers in this world. They can teleport instantly to different locations. They can move things with their mind. They can fly with the... It's, just, it's not really psychic powers, is it? It's, it's superpowers. They can basically just do whatever they want. The powers are a bit over the top. Yeah, this episode makes up its own rules. Psychics can do everything. Psychics are super-powered and they are amazing beings. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. This episode makes rules and then just is weird. It's crazy. It's a crazy episode. When they actually use the psychic powers to do psychic things, though, that's cool. Like controlling dolls or moving people with their mind. When you follow what telekinesis is... And yes what it's supposed to be or what it means what i imagine she could have done would be to have hypnotized them and put them into a dream state and used her psychic powers then to put them in this world but not to actually shrink them down to size because that raises so many questions well some questions about sabrina and no answers why is she shrinking people what's her obsession with this doll why is there a photo of her family why does the girl in the picture look like the doll what's the obsession with the dollhouse lots of questions about sabrina 
lots of them and hopefully they'll be answered at some point but not in this episode nope not in the next one either cool are you done with this episode now i'm done i'm done i'm just gonna say now sabrina's gonna have had some sort of tragic childhood that'll be her story and that'll it'll be a bit disappointing when that happens if it's not just oh no her parents died when she was very young or something like that then it'll be better but i don't think pokemon would have the creativity to come up with something different to that to explain this weird creepy person that does these things any more thoughts i hope that ash catches a cool ghost pokemon in the next episode we haven't even spoken about the bearded psychic man we did a little bit but he doesn't really do much he's just this mysterious person who came and told ash to not go to the gym so he went to the gym and now he's telling ash that he's not going to be able to defeat sabrina so he just keeps getting abused by this guy as he's pushing him back pushing him back pushing him back and then ash shows some shows some sort of idiotic resolve and then the guy says that they've got to go to Lavender Town to get a ghost-type Pokemon because they're the only ones that can defeat psychic Pokemon. Which isn't true because they're weak to bug-type as well. A bug Pokemon could do it. You know what bug Pokemon Ash used to have? And so the salt returns. <laughs> if he had had Butterfree. Butterfree would have won. Probably. Like, do you know what's really interesting about psychic Pokemon? What? Their weaknesses are our fears. Bugs, ghosts, and darkness which are things that people could be scared of. Oh, that's really cool. I think that's really, really creative. Some nice explanation of typing. Anyway, we were talking about the bearded man that I actually I liked. He was cool. Yeah, he's cool. He has the same ridiculous psychic powers, but he's cooler than Sabrina. Yeah, and he tests Ash's determination. And when Ash proves himself, he gives him a hint on where to head in order to progress on his journey. Do you think maybe he is a doll? that Sabrina's controlling because you never see his face just like you don't see the girl's face you don't see his face the first time he speaks to them outside the gym but then when he saves them from the dollhouse I think you do he's like wearing a cap and he's got a beard and he's got slightly purpley eyes because he's a psychic there was one more thing I wanted to mention which was that the Pokemon battle was pretty entertaining I enjoyed watching Pikachu get bullied by Kadabra because it was pretty funny (laughs) moving him around making him dance slamming him into the ceiling and then the floor and then the ceiling, and then the floor, and then the ceiling, and then the floor. Because Pikachu's totally defenceless against psychic attacks. I thought it was a bit harsh, which is, I'm glad Ash stopped the match. It was funny, though. Yeah, it was. Because we at the end of the day, Pikachu is like a tiny electric mouse. So Ash was powerless in that fight. Yep. So what was your favourite thing? I'm going to say Sabrina and her doll, because together they were really creepy and there was a lot of mystery surrounding them. They've revealed that the doll is controlled by Sabrina, but there's still a lot more questions yet to be answered, which I'm intrigued by. So I'm actually looking forward to finding out what happens when Ash eventually returns to try and get the gym badge. And that's something else that's really good is that for once Ash hasn't lost to a gym leader and then won again in the same episode. Do you think Ash will return? Do you think he won't be like Butterfree or any of the other people where he says, I'll see you again someday? Do you think he'll just never return? No, Ash has to come back because the gym badges are the one thing that we can pretty much confirm he's going to get. He's going to make it to the Pokemon League. He has to. Because if he doesn't get all the gym badges, then he just ends up getting stuck in one place, constantly retrying, and the series goes nowhere. I think my favourite thing is just how the world has given up. I said, you know what? We can make our own rules now. (laughs) Shrinking humans with telekinesis? Yeah, why not? Let's go for that. No, but seriously, I do like this this world's version of psychic powers and how they're really mysterious and they can do these amazing things with them. Is Sabrina supposed to be training them in that gym? I imagine it's a centre where they where people can try and test their psychic abilities and stuff. That was never really explained that much. Yeah, it wasn't explained what the purpose of that room was or why the people were there, except that they were trying to do psychic things. Overall thoughts? Overall, I thought it was a good episode. I enjoyed watching it, and there's a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to seeing leading off from it. It brought up some things like psychic powers and how they're these amazing things and teleportation and shrinking people and stuff but i actually did enjoy the episode i actually did genuinely feel sabrina was intimidating like surge i didn't feel like he was intimidating he was powerful but not intimidating sabrina is intimidating and i think she's such an interesting person and i like how like you said it's not a case of ash can't win goes away learns a thing comes back some wins He's got a side quest, which is to go and catch a ghost-type Pokemon. Yep, I just enjoyed the episode a lot. Now it's time for Mono We Mono, where we talk about our similarities and differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. Mine's Patamon. Well, now we're just going to have the same one, aren't we? <laughs> is yours Patamon as well? Of course it's Patamon. Patamon's the best and is finally returned. I've said before that 
Patamon's voice annoys me, but honestly, I really enjoy Patamon. The voice wasn't annoying in this episode. It was really nice. I'm so glad that he's back because he plays really well off TK. They have a similar personality and it's nice to have him back in the group because Tokemon is a lot less useful than Patamon. Patamon might have been the strongest Digimon, but he can still hold his own against people. Yeah, Patamon's just entirely adorable and doesn't have evil teeth that look like they are designed to tear things to shreds. Plus, I'm just glad Patamon came back because it cheered me up after the last Pokemon episode. It's been an entire arc with uh, Etamon that we haven't had Patamon. Almost 10 episodes since we last saw him. Patamon came back even if Butterfree never will. But it explains why TK's had sort of a sideline lately. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? Probably Digimon. It was hard with this because they're both quite good. But I think I like Digimon more because we've got explanation for what's going to happen next and it didn't feel stupid and the bits that I didn't agree with like how TK suddenly changes his mind and doesn't believe Tokemon were pretty much validated and, and explained in this episode in the same episode where he says you know he feels left out because Everybody else has abandoned him, and I love it when they give people internal monologues that they voice. Well, I'm actually going to disagree. I preferred Pokemon sort of, it built up really well with this doll turning up and doing these weird things. It really set up Sabrina really well, and set up the following episodes really well. It flowed really nicely, and was really, it was creepy, which was what I wanted from the episode. I liked the sort of creepy storyline and the mystery that's surrounding Sabrina right now. It was good. It was a really good episode. But I think, I think for me, I, I, I like Patamon and TK and they're really nice. And the thing is, like, I, honestly, they're both the same to me. Like, both episodes were just as good and I had to pick one, so I picked it one. They're pretty equal episodes. Like, they're both good episodes. Were there any similarities in this episode? We got some new characters that we don't know very much about. Like, we got Sabrina and we got Demi Devimon and the new big bad that we know, like, nothing about. There's a whole lot of mysteries and things to be revealed in future episodes that have been introduced in these episodes. My theme this week is powers and persuasion, or mental manipulation. In Digimon, we had the little wing ball, who uses persuasion to break Tokemon and TK apart and, and stop the Crystal of Hope being usable, and that's emotional manipulation. And then in Pokemon, we had Sabrina and the guy using psychic powers to enact physical manipulation upon other people. So there were two different types of manipulation where people were either mentally manipulated or physically manipulated using mental powers <laughs> so people got used against their will or you know used in ways that they didn't know that they were being used against their will yeah there was a whole lot of manipulation be it physical or otherwise which episode did you enjoy the most i'm really struggling to pick this week i've said maybe digimon because pokemon's a little bit strange and the thing that sticks with me in this episode is sabrina was trying to harm the gang and there's no reason for that if she's an official gym leader why is she going to essentially torture these people we don't know if there's no reason for that she was trying to murder them she wasn't trying to murder them she was playing with them in the dollhouse and something's happened to her to make her like that i love this there's someone's evil is doing evil things and you're just like who hurt you sabrina something's happened to her at some point and i want to know what that is and that's really interesting that is quite interesting how you how you go to how can we help what what causes her to be like this how can we fix this? It's put all of these pieces in front of us, like the doll and the photo and the dollhouse, and it's not put any of them together yet, and I want to know. All you need to know is at the end of this arc, I get salty. You get salty. I get salty at the end of this little arc, so brace yourself. So the point will go to... I don't know! I liked things from both of the episodes, but both of them also have things that don't really make sense, and are kind of stupid, like the over-the-top psychic powers and TK trusting new bat friend more than Tokemon. I was really impressed by Pokemon this week. Do Would you like the point to go to Pokemon? But Patamon came back as well, and I can't decide. You have to pick. Why do I have to pick? I don't know. What do we prioritise more in these episodes? How about what do we like from each episode and which of out of those two things is better? But that would just mean Patamon automatically wins because of my bias. Patamon came back, but we've met Sabrina, who's insanely intimidating. Yeah, I really like Sabrina. 
it wasn't a case of he won in the episode he met a Pokemon. Should we give it to Pokemon then? Yeah, both of these episodes are quite similar. If you take your bias out of it with Patamon being back and look at the episode. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say Pokemon. See, I, for me, it's pretty much a tie. They're both good episodes. It's really hard to give a point this episode. But I don't want us to be like, oh, let's have a times that they're tied because then that's a fallback that we can have and I don't want to have that. I want us to make the, the, the tougher decisions. We have to make the tough choices. Cool, so Pokemon gets the point this week. Which means it's 11 all. They're tied again. Sabrina's just taken the point. Sabrina's really good though. She's so cool and mysterious. Join us again next time. We will be watching episode 23. Wegarumon's Diner and the Tower of Terror. Why do you sound so unenthusiastic? Wegarumon's Diner. Wegarumon's Diner. It's not even his diner. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the World Thread and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. We have show notes now. Bye. 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 Butterfree. You can't do it anymore because Butterfree's gone. I will. You can't do that. You can't stop me. I have final edit. I can beep out the word Butterfree every time you say Butterfree. But I can still say it in defiance of Pokemon. Don't say goodbye. You say goodbye. Pause, I've just given myself a splinter and it's right in my skin. Ooh. Actually, nope, to the light. I've got some scissors, I can st- pull it out of me. Don't cut your finger off. I'll cut that's, it off. I'll... That's not the most efficient way of doing that. I'll just cut the arm off, it's okay. <laughs> it's useless now anyway. He doesn't have a catchphrase. I don't know. I literally learnt the other day that Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit is a joke. Like, <laughs> back in the habit because of um, nuns having habits, which are the... the um, head the not i don't want to say hats because they're not ha- hats they're habits the things they wear on their heads are called habits so back in the habit i didn't get the joke until like last week or two weeks ago where has tangents come from <laughs> i don't know it's completely unrelated to everything that i didn't get the joke about the mushrooms or forget about it until just now and then i had to tell you about so this you other... like that to only just getting a joke about nuns in sister act sister act two that was there was no connection. There was a connection. Those are both jokes that went over my head. That was the most unwarranted <laughs> tangent yet. It made sense in my head to talk about it, and clearly it, it was not the right time to talk about Sister Act Two. <laughs> Should no. I have talked about Sister Act One first? No, no. <laughs> you can talk now because I just waffled. I'm gonna have a quick sip of water. Okay. Uh... This is talking, isn't it? But then he starts boom bumbling. Uh, boom bumbling? <laughs> boom bumbling. I boom bumbled then. Which episode did you enjoy the most? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I cannot decide this week. <laughs>